G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. An important conversation today, lifting the lid on one of the most challenging issues that we ever talk about in modern Australia. It's around the health consequences of having an abortion. Now, you may have memories of the various times over the years when anyone who's tried to air any sort of warning of health consequences in mainstream media is typically howled down by an avalanche of political correctness that questions why you might dare to issue those warnings. Well, the latest health warning comes from South Australian Dr. Kathy Wallace, whose research into microchimerism, which we spoke about recently, has received wide acclaim and there are all sorts of sideline issues that really relate to women's health and the issue of abortion and pregnancy and having babies. Dr. Kathy Wallace is back with us today. Hello, Kathy. Welcome back to 2020. Oh, hello, Neil. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. Kathy, it is controversial even talking about health consequences to do with abortion. And I know that you are so, so sensitive to women and the concerns they have, but also very aware that women are not hearing the whole truth when they're getting advice from their doctor. That's absolutely right, Neil. And, um, you know, it is an exceedingly sensitive issue, as you've pointed out. And it's uh, fraught with a lot of emotions for, for women. There are studies that have been conducted that show that there are women who um, don't have regret about abortions. And, uh, but the, the, the cohort that I'm very concerned about are those women that come before me and who express a lot of regret and pain with having made that decision in the past or having felt that they were coerced in some way into making that decision. Kathy, is it the case that because not every woman will face the same consequences, that there's a tendency to brush aside the importance of talking about the health issues? Absolutely. Well, you know, um, the saying goes, you know, a single swallow doth not the summer make. And I agree that not everyone has the same outcomes. But within that, there are ladies also, and this is the part that uh, women are perhaps not aware of, is that an abortion... It will always leave its mark in one way or the other. And one of the major ways is through fetal DNA being embedded in mum's body. And we are not sure from the medical literature uh, which woman having an abortion is likely to end up with diseases like autoimmune conditions or cancer, for example, in relation to fetal microchimerism. And what we've found from the medical literature is that there is a higher number of fetal cells that get embedded into the mother's body or become available in the mother's bloodstream after an abortion versus the numbers that might be released into the mother's bloodstream after a miscarriage. 
When I've come across this controversy over the years, usually the content of a conversation suggests that there is a higher incidence of breast cancer for women who have undergone an abortion. And it may be only a minimal rise, but there is a defined risk. But you're taking this to a new level because you're suggesting that there are a whole lot of different issues that a woman will face, uh, things like autoimmune disease, uh, emotional ill health, anxiety, regret, depression, uh, even infertility and increased ectopic pregnancy risk, not to mention uh, the idea of suicide, ideation, and, of course, that one we've been talking about, cancer. But the number of risks here, quite significant, Cathy. Well, that's right. And uh, this is uh, not, um, you know, uh, us just sort of making up these um, uh, the, the sort of uh, assertions, but basically this is from the medical literature. There were studies done overseas, but very small studies, one from Bangladesh, another one from elsewhere in, the, in Asia, that show that there's a very high uh, increase in breast cancer risk with abortion. And indeed, in uh, China, breast cancer is exceedingly common uh, because the abortion rates are also high. But interestingly, even in cervical cancer in a small trial, uh, all the cervical cancer specimens that were tested, all of them were positive for male microchimerism, which means that there, were, there was evidence of male DNA in the cells that were examined from a cervical cancer specimen. So that, too, is, is of great interest. Um, and yes, I mean, there are uh, these other issues that younger women might not be aware of that, that there's an increased risk to their health from having an abortion. I've met so far just one patient who was probably informed about the risks to her in terms of autoimmune diseases associated with her abortion. And she had a medical abortion for uh, very important reasons where the baby's brain didn't develop and uh, the ba- it was not compatible with life Um, and so she was advised to have that abortion and she did and she was properly counseled uh, that there would be an increased risk of autoimmune conditions with having had that abortion i have had other ladies with similar advice given to them in similar situations where there's been this condition known as anencephaly where the brain doesn't develop Uh, but i've had patients who have gone ahead and given birth to such babies because they felt that was the right thing to do Kathy, you've been particularly outspoken of recent times with regard to doctors who tend to brush aside these health issues and say that it's perhaps even you know a part of a, some sort of a you know campaign being run by religious people or whatever it might be about the issue of abortion. But doctors who brush these side things aside, they're really not doing the best thing by their patients, are they? Well, you know, um, Neil, I I believe that people have free will and free choice. I mean, uh, the Lord himself has given us that free will. But being advised appropriately uh, is just part of the normal consenting process. So if doctors and indeed gynecologists or people that are involved with sexual health of women aren't advising ladies about the full gamut of risks associated with abortion, then they're not actually properly consenting their patients. 
and that is indefensible. So when we talk about that issue and, you know, talk about pro-lifers as you are and as I am, but the other side is often called pro-choice and the idea of giving women a choice. But if women are not informed, they aren't making a choice according to being informed. They're, in fact, being manipulated. Is that the way that works? Well, you know, a lot of women, as I mentioned in our last talk, Neil, are influenced by what they see in the media and also by their sexual health practitioners or indeed even their GPs. So there is misinformation out there. So women do come to the conclusion that they can actually get an abortion quite easily, which they do in most cases, um, but not being properly informed. I've spoken to a number of ladies who have said to me, that had they known that they would now be suffering from rheumatoid arthritis or scleroderma or indeed um, other types of painful conditions that affect their lives on a daily basis, had they known that an abortion back in their younger years might lead to this outcome, they would have uh, thought about things very differently. But it could be in the number of, in a vast number of cases that a lot of women back then uh, the science wasn't there for them to be advised accurately. But these days, there's no excuse for this because this information has been in the medical literature as early as 100 years ago, but, but now, more recently, has gathered momentum. So any doctor that's uh, doing evidence-based medicine is obliged to provide this information to their patients. Kathy, it's very easy for us to only focus on the detrimental effects of abortion, but there's another side to the coin here, and I wonder whether it might bring balance to our conversation if we were talking through some issues as to what the benefits of actually going through a pregnancy and giving birth and breastfeeding and all of those uh, beautiful issues of motherhood, uh, if we talk for a few moments about the benefits of actually proceeding with the pregnancy, what are the benefits of, of continuing and proceeding? Well, Neil, there have been studies done about this, which is absolutely extraordinary. These studies come from Scandinavia uh, as one particular study that I'm thinking of. And what they found was that um, having babies and breastfeeding is hugely, hugely beneficial to women. And uh, it, they're actually suggesting that it could very well be the reason why women tend to, on average, live longer than men. Because they have babies, they have a, a source of stem cells that can potentially be healing. And uh, so women, therefore, benefit by that. And indeed, the studies have showed that... Um, when compared with women that have breast cancer, women that don't have breast cancer have a greater number of children, in other words, more pregnancies, and uh, they have breastfed their babies for longer also. So these studies show a distinct advantage if the goal is to prevent breast cancer, for example, or any other adverse health outcomes. There are advantages, huge benefits in having babies and breastfeeding those babies just as uh, you know, God has intended we do. We may need to have a longer conversation at a time, sometime into the future, but to mention that you have another article that you are going to have published uh, very shortly. The Creation Journal uh, will feature your article. But so far as those who are listening to our conversation now, knowing that there are loved ones that they know who may be contemplating the idea of abortion, 
this sort of resource that you have as a woman, as a GP, as someone who is across these issues, uh, how can people get a hold of this latest research that you have so that it might actually enable them to offer some actual informed understanding as people go to seek doctor's advice? Yes, Neil, that, that's, that's right. Getting information is very difficult. And I found that, especially for Christians, it's almost discriminatory how little information is available through government-funded uh, sites like Shine, for example, in terms of the benefits or harms from anything, including contraception. So they have uh, brochures, for example, entitled, uh, you know, Should Lesbians Have Pap Smears? But where is the brochure for Christians who are contemplating using Mirena, for example, as a contraceptive device, and whether that's safe for Christians to use who hope not to cause an abortion to an early pregnancy? So there is that difficulty in finding information. Uh, my particular article entitled How Abortion Harms Women, the Science, this is uh, more than likely going to be published on creation.com. Uh, reasonably soon. I'm not sure of the exact date. And that would probably be a very good resource to look at and consider because I've sort of summarized in there what the health risks are. And women having babies, the fetal cells that are embedded in the mother's body are there for life. So it does make a difference, um, you know, the fact that uh, she has babies with the same partner. That's what the medical science has validated time and time again. It does make a difference also whether the babies are, um, you know, aborted through surgical uh, procedures or not. So uh, the outcome of having fetal cells embedded in a mother's body, it's hard to predict which way those fetal cells will behave, whether they will behave in a benevolent fashion or whether they will actually turn into cancer. And a number of cancers, including cancers of the brain, nervous system tumors, there's fetal microchimerism detected in brain and nervous system tumors, 80% of a type of tumor called a glioblastoma, and 50% of meningiomas were found to have fetal microchimerism, including thyroid papillary tumors, as well as in a particular breast cancer called HER2. So HER2 positive breast cancers had a higher level of male microchimerism detected in those specimens. Now, this is not because having male babies leads to cancer. It's simply because male DNA, by virtue of the Y chromosome, is easier to detect than a double X chromosome uh, because the mum also has that same double X chromosomal background. Well, Dr. Kathy Wallace, uh, there will be listeners who will want to get a hold of your latest article. Uh, let me just say what it is. It's How Abortion Harms Women, The Science. And you mentioned that it will soon be published on creation.com. And uh, no doubt there'll be women who will be wanting to get a hold of that because it's not uh, typically available uh, through mainstream outlets. Uh, you've been critical of doctors who are not giving women the whole story when it comes to the advice about abortion and about proceeding with their pregnancy. Uh, Dr. Kathy Wallace, thank you so much for taking some time to update us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.